Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. Kids, you guys are staying here, actually, because it's Family Sunday, so... Glad to have you in the room with us, and thank you, Jamar, for leading. Uh, it's always a blessing um, uh, to be led in song, and uh, because I'm typically the one up here leading in song, so uh, I'm really grateful to, to, for you, Jamar, for doing that. Um, just like Andrew mentioned, uh, we do have a, an event coming up um, for the Art and Faith series, it's Saturday, November 18th. It's called the Hearing and Making Workshop. Um, where that comes from is James 1.22 that says, don't be just hearers, but be doers also. And that word for doer comes from uh, the Greek word poema, which means to make or, or maker. And so what it looks like to obey God is to embody his word through poetic action. So um, we want to do that. We want to hear the word of God, reflect on that uh, as a group, whoever's there with us, and then we want to bring it into action, bring it into some kind of activity. And so if you've never tried your hand at like potentially watercoloring, or if you have done something like a poem or anything like that, um, you're welcome to come and just share and participate. And um, we're going to have Diane Van Ornum that's going to help us with, with some of that project as well, and lunch will be included in all that. Um, and it's for the family. So RSVP online if that's something you're interested in, we'd love to see you there. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, starting this series on art and faith. And uh, you might be wondering, um, why, why art and faith? Why art? And faith, Andrew just did a series on this, uh, just to kind of give us an, a concept of faith, which means, which is to be in all aspects of our lives, right? Faith is, is everything that we, should included, uh, be included in everything that we do. Um, but what about art? You may not think about art very much, but art is very, you, like, present in our lives. Um, we, we consume it in ways that maybe people didn't do as much as in the past, uh, such as um, we love watching movies, we can binge an entire show in one night, we can play the next YouTube video and the next YouTube video of Bluey or whatever the kids watch these days. Uh, we can create Pinterest boards or mood boards for our homes. We can put flowers and vases on our windowsill. Uh, we, if we slow down long enough, we can take in a sunset and be moved by that. Um, why, why do we do those things? Like, what is it about those types of forms of beauty and forms of uh, story and things like that that we just consume so often we don't even think about it? Um, well, I want to, to just say, like, if faith is going to be part of every day of our life, part of every sphere of our lives, and art in different ways touches that for us through entertainment and through um, just normal activity or whatever we do, um, then we need to consider what it is about art that uh, affects us and why and how our faith can influence that um, and vice versa. Really what we would like for our church to be about 
through the series and to take away from it is we want our church to value the arts as part of what it looks like to know God and make him known to others more deeply and faithfully. We want to spur one another on toward love and good deeds that Hebrews talks about, right? But that includes art making. That includes those of us that like making art, whether it's music or uh, writing or in some, you know, some other form of that. Dancing. Um, when we make things of truth, goodness, and beauty, they serve as signposts of the truth, goodness, and beauty of God. And so uh, we want to just consider that over the next several weeks. What does it look like to intake this? Today, though, I want to start off with why do we long? What, what, what is it about us that, that why do we go after these types of entertainment, these types of things? Why do we put flowers and vases on our windowsill? I think it comes down to a lot um, to this word, longing. What is longing? Um, it's that desire in us. It's that desire in us to, to consume or be, be moved by something. Um, it, there's a kind of longing in, inside of us that's awakened, that's awakened by the stories that we take in and consume. And there's a, it's maybe awakened by, like I said, the sunset or a really good conversation with your friends or um, a video game even. Uh, I, I was thinking back on days when I was a video gamer and uh, there's certain scenes and like these stories that were like so cool and it just made me wanna like, want, what, whatever that was, I want that, you know. Um, the kinds of things we even seek to create, drawings, paintings, songs, short stories, all of these things kind of stir up this longing in us. And, you know, uh, I just wanted to reflect on this. Have you felt what I'm talking about before? Um, have you felt drawn to or attracted by something that is good, true, and beautiful? Whether that was a story or whatever. You know, I've noticed that this kind of longing appears in our lives in different ways. Uh, and, and maybe uh, when we're younger, it looks a lot like, I want to get out of the house. And I want to get out on my own, and I want to explore. A uh, word for that could be adventure or wanderlust. I want to go out and journey and just go out there and go out on an adventure. Think like Bilbo Baggins running out the door. I'm going on an adventure. You know, that kind of feeling. When we're younger, that's what we feel. We're, we feel kind of cooped up in our house. We feel just like ex excited for what's next, excited for the next thing in our lives. Um, we get antsy. We, we're tired of the same old, same old. We just want to break out and whatever it is. And, and so we consume stories like flying on the back of a magical dragon or fighting alien invaders or finding a hidden passageway in a house that leads you to a totally different world. We long for something like this when we're young, don't we? Uh, that longing can feel like breaking away from the familiar and journeying out into the unknown to feel untethered to roam and explore freely, uh, to leave home, to go off on an adventure. When we're older, it can look a lot like this, nostalgia. Longing can express itself in, in this sense of nostalgia. You... Uh, you've gotten to do some of those adventures, right? You, you've gotten to live some of those experiences. You, you, you got married. 
You got the job, you visited those countries and took those pictures and climbed those hills and mountains and uh, saw these amazing things, and you're older now. And you're like, I did that. And yet I still feel this like sense of longing that hasn't gone away. Um, it, it's like you, <laughs> if you remember, uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, he just wanted to go back in time like 30, 40 years. He was like, if I could just go back. And he wanted to like win his high school football championship game. Like just so he can make the big leagues or something. Like that was his glory days, you know. And he's like 60 years old still thinking about that. And um, uh, it's, it's like that. You just want to go back and experience something uh, that maybe you missed or something that you did experience that you miss now, that you're not experiencing now. So nostalgia is everywhere in our entertainment. Uh, bring back Karate Kid from the 80s, right? Bring back Full House, but this time make it worse. Uh, bring back all those old movies and stories and Saturday morning cartoon feelings that made us feel like kids when we were kids before we realized that one day we wouldn't be kids anymore. We, we pine for the innocence and of that, that, that innocent ignorance of youth. We long for the moment we could have taken a different path instead of the one that we did take. We long for just the right throw or catch that would have taken us further in our, in our industry or field. Or maybe we have made it. Maybe we're in the big leagues of some sort. But we long for the day when we just could play without having to worry about being rich, famous, fancy. We could just be ourselves, a kid again, who just wants to play for the sake of it. I want to say there's nothing wrong with these feelings. Uh, when we're young, those are good and normal. We should feel those. and propel us toward... Uh, life and outside, like, like kind of birds leaving the nest, that's great. That's part of how God designed it. When we're old and, and, and missing family members, missing experiences, this is just a normal thing that comes and goes. We, we are human beings that experience joys and losses. The danger comes in what we do with those feelings. Um, you know, sometimes if we try to hold on to that feeling, we, we want it to define our direction. We want it to define, you know, so we want to we go back to those days and we can live stuck in the past. Or we want to just like think about the future and that's all we do and we miss out on the moment of what God's trying to teach us right now. Uh, if we try to capture one of these feelings and try to hold it down and, and wrangle it, um, they're going to let us down. You know, I think of Captain Jack Sparrow, whose compass just followed, we just went wherever his heart went, you know. His true north was his own heart. And uh, it would obviously wildly spin around and, and chaotic, and that, that would be the way that we would be if we just held on to those feelings. Um, both of those feelings, you remember those, you know, pills that, the dissolvable caps, like the plasticky kind of things that melt in your mouth, and those little beady things of medicine. Nostalgia, wanderlust, those are basically like those dissolvable capsules. And it's trying to contain this deeper longing, but, it, but longing outlasts nostalgia or wanderlust. And so there's some, some other source from which that comes from. Um, maybe for those of us in this room, there may be sometimes we don't feel 
these things. We have a hard time feeling much of anything, um, and that's normal too. Uh, we maybe have experienced a lot of loss and pain, and we don't want to experience that again, so we just kind of stuff away those feelings and don't want to think about it. Um, either way, we, we experience this. I think this is a universal experience. Um, I want to more than just keep talking about it. I want to just demonstrate a little bit. Um, I'm a musician, so I'm going to show you something on the piano. Maybe you, can, maybe you can feel a little bit of what I'm talking about. So maybe thinking about some of these feelings, uh, wanderlust, uh, adventure, nostalgia. What comes to mind when you, what comes to your senses when you, you hear this? Let's see, how does this one go? that if you could if you could get past those uh, little moments yeah Jurassic Park what does that feel what does that pull up for some of you just go back to like watching the movie the VHS tape with your friends and family eating popcorn whatever it is uh, that feeling comes up doesn't it what about uh, I'm going to show you a couple chords here so this is a happy chord happy chord right a little bit of sad chord um, I'm gonna try to mix those here, and uh, maybe you can think about what this comes from too. Let's see. You feel up, yes. Uh, I, I love that movie. The first eight minutes, right? And you're crying. Art does this to us. Story does this to us. Music does something to us. Why? <laughs> Why? C.S. Lewis um, described longing in this way. He said, if I find my, in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. He, he talks about how babies can cry because they're hungry. Well, they experience hunger because there's such a thing as food, or we feel tired because there's such a thing as sleep. But what is this, <laughs> whatever we feel? What is that? More than, long, more than you know, just journeying it out there because we've done that, more than just feeling nostalgic because you know, we think if we go back in the past, we could just hold on to those memories and those 
feelings would be there. There's something coming through the music. There's something coming through the stories. There's something coming through them. It's not in them. Again, it's like the capsules. Um, they're just kind of like containing something, but, it's, but it outlasts whatever that is. So it's coming through. Um, there's a Greek, a German word for misery, and Yefta can back me up on this. Uh, and it's, it's uh, I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, but it basically means this. Um, experiencing homesickness and exile. Experiencing homesickness in a foreign place. Somewhere that is not your home, and you miss home. I think longing is, is a deep homesickness. Um, and somehow we all experience this, Christian or non-Christian. There's a really beautiful little book that was turned into a beautiful short film called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, or something like that. It's a long title, but it's a good short story. The question was, what is, what's home? And they said, home is, a, is warm and kind and full of light. Just trying to describe home, you know? Trying to describe what is it that we are being pulled toward. Um, David experienced something like this, didn't he? When we look at his life and he wandered the wilderness running from people that wanted to kill him, Saul and Philistines and people that just didn't like him and um, he wandered far, far away from Israel, far away from his homeland, far away from those pasture, those pastures where he would feed the sheep and, and do all that kind of stuff. And he says this in Psalm 63:1. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. David has a longing in him, a thirst in him that nothing around him can satisfy. I think we have all been here. Um, it's just nothing around us seems to be filling whatever this is. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I, think, I think God is trying to tell us something through this. I think that we are missing our home. In uh, Genesis, we read about page one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He says, now the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. A picture of desolation is that formless and emptiness, like a desert without any kind of greenery or ability for green things to grow. And that darkness over the surface of the deep the waters in this scene and throughout lots of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, are images 
are symbols of a chaotic swirling about that when we get lost in it, it like symbolizes death. It symbolizes um, chaos and confusion and lack of life. And here, God, the creator, is just hovering over all of this and imagining what he's about to do. <laughs> um, hovering over the, the waters of darkness, hovering over this empty formlessness, and just kind of like, I think all, if, if you're a painter, if you're a writer, the blank page, the blank canvas, the, you know, the, the whatever it is, like there's something about just looking at that, the blank, for me, um, uh, the blank emptiness in sound before I try to like express my feelings on the piano or on the guitar or through a singing or something. And just imagining what could happen <laughs> if creativity was involved, imagining what could be. And God more than just imagines it. He says, let there be light. And there was light. Um, home, a place of warm, kindness, full of light. We had a home. Genesis 1 and 2 describes this beautiful um, coming together of uh, creating of man and woman and, and putting them forever in harmony with each other um, and, and harmony with creation and harmony with God himself. And we know what happens in Genesis 3. We forsook the tree of life the, the picture that was supposed to be God's powerful presence of, of life and like the sun, like plants get light from the sun and, and life from the sun, the tree of life, God's presence. Um, we, we wandered off. We said, I think we can find what we're looking for on our own. And we wandered off into the wilderness. Genesis 4 through 11 just is this crazy, sad picture of humanity. Uh, Brothers killing, brother killing brother. Um, violence just ensuing over the whole earth to the point where people are just being like, we're gonna do whatever we wanna do. No one's gonna stop us. And, and um, just this yearning and pining after these things. Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes, the teacher um, the wise man who talks and has a lot of teaching in this book, he says, God has set eternity in the human heart. God has set eternity in the human heart. I think this is an answer, a reason for why it feels so deep for all of us, <laughs> why that longing or that feeling just goes so deep and that nothing can satisfy it. Just like us wandering through the wilderness, we look to satisfy these things with, with uh, C.S. Lewis would say, mud pies in the sand. And it's like we're just playing at all this stuff and it's not good for us. <laughs> and um, we've ha we have this Grand Canyon-sized fissure in our hearts, in our souls. And since wandering away from God, um, we've just been yearning and 
looking for something to fill that. Augustine says this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. You know, finding ourselves outside of the garden, um, the place that we were designed for, we're just gonna be restless. We're just gonna have this endless yearning. But I think God, (laughs) I know God knows what he was doing when he created the world. Um, Just like golden threads just woven throughout the universe, God put aspects of his character, of his his, um, power, of his glory into the world. You think of Romans 1, and it says, for although they, they looked, you know, what can be known by God, namely his power and divine nature, you can, you can glean that from just looking around at you, looking around at creation. Uh, Psalm 19, uh, part of what we sang earlier today was um, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies above, above proclaim his handiwork. There's, there's a sense in creation and in these things that we try to pull up, and what I think that they are, and I'm becoming more convinced of this as I get older. Um, philosophers and, and uh, Christians and uh, people that have just been thinking deeply about this longing, this yearning, they say it's three things that we're all looking for. That everybody has like this endless gaping hole that they want more and more and more of. Truth, goodness, and beauty. We desire all truth. We desire as much goodness as we can get. We desire as much beauty as we can get, and we want it endlessly. And that's good, <laughs> uh, because God is a God who is, whose very nature is made up of these things. Like, he, he is true. He is good. He is beautiful. Um, so we, but we experience truth, goodness, and beauty in this way. We experience beauty first, potentially. Like, we look at beauty, beautiful things, and then if we ponder it deep enough, we might go a little bit further. You know what? There's something good behind this beautiful thing that I'm looking at. There's something good that it's kind of resonating inside my heart, and if we go a little further, if we stay long enough with it and keep searching and searching, like God says, seek, Jesus says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and it will be given. Um, truth, getting to truth, getting to who God is. Um, this is built into the whole universe. And when we encounter moments like this where we feel something deeply, um, I think we're tapping into something that God designed us for. And um, what is amazing is that these are all aspects of home. These are all, we want our homes to be full of truth, and full of goodness, and full of beauty. And the most beautiful thing about the Christian story is that what we are longing for, these things, these things that we have, these, these eternal holes ready to receive more and more and more of, um, Jesus embodied. He embodied truth, goodness, and beauty, and he made his home among us. 
Isaiah 9-2 talks about how the people of Israel were just waiting in darkness, walking in darkness, and all of a sudden a light just shone, just shone upon them. And I think back to Genesis 1. God said, let there be light. It says, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. We, we read this passage typically in Christmas time, which we're coming up to. Um, but it's worth reflecting upon all the time that, that God sent his son to inhabit, to, to be a baby, <laughs> to, to embody truth, goodness, and beauty in the form of a child. John 1, 1 through 5, also hearkening back to Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus embodies the truth, goodness, and beauty fully and walks this earth, lives a a life of total truth, total goodness, and full beauty, and, um, and finds us in our darkness, finds us in our mess. You know, when we, talking about truth, goodness, and beauty, when we long for truth, it's when we butt up against things, against the lies that we've been told. We go, that's, that's not the reality I want to live in. I want to live in a reality where that is true. And not only true, I want to live in a reality that is good because what I'm experiencing is bad. And we don't want to live in a reality that is devoid of beauty, where it's just concrete and nothing good and beautiful or it can ever grow. We want to live in a reality of beauty. And Jesus came to enact the new creation, enact this beautiful, true, and good um, new life that we're longing for. In Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, he says, Surely he took up your pain, took up our pain, and bore our suffering, Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we're healed. Um, God in Christ saw our suffering, saw our sin, saw the, the wreckage that we have made ourselves in, saw us in our darkness and shown his light of life into us and took upon himself our darkness, our sin, and brought healing, and brought forgiveness, and brought peace. The death and resurrection of Jesus transforms us and gives meaning to our creative work. So back to art, back to what do we, how do we experience art? What do we do with it? Um, and if we're creative in that sense, how do we, how do we engage with this truth? Um, Ephesians 2.10 talks about this. It says, for we are God's handiwork, um, his poema, his masterpiece, his master poem, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think this includes creative output. This includes having deep conversation with your friends. This includes confessing your sin to one another and finding healing and restoration. Um, Because of what Christ has done, we can live out a creative life full of truth, goodness, and beauty. Ephesians 5, 8, and 9 says this, for we were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Um, And I think back on that Genesis 1 passage and, and, and just that image of God hovering over the darkness of the deeps. I think of my own life of chaos and darkness and pain and formlessness and um, the sense of wasteland. And I imagine in Christ, um, or through Christ, the Spirit of God hovering over my own heart, my own soul, um, seeing the chaos and the swirling sin and all this stuff in me and bringing order out of chaos and bringing light out of darkness and, and, and shining it into my heart <laughs> and into your hearts if you know Christ. And if you don't know Christ, the invitation for us today, for you today, is that longing that you have been feeling, that tug towards something more, don't ignore it. It may be hard to face or feel, it may be sad to feel, but there's something that I think God wants to pull you out of and pull you toward, and that is the truth, goodness, and beauty of God. Um, Hebrews 11 talks about um, this people who lived by faith, Um, and I wanna apply this to living by faith and working out this new creative kind of work. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, um, exiles in a foreign land. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have opportunity to return, but instead they were longing for a better country, the heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Um, As we work and create and, and live as the people of God here, people of light, people who bring things of beauty into the world, bring things of truth, goodness, and beauty into our communities, um, we long and create with hope for our true home with Jesus when he returns and renews this world. Um, So uh, what I want for us today, our church family, um, is a kind of, I really long for this. (laughs) I long for a kind of renaissance. I was looking up that word recently, and it means awakening something that's been dormant, that's been long asleep. And and I, I want to be able to be part of a community of people that are paying attention to this longing and that are, that are convinced of the truth, goodness, and beauty in Jesus, 
and that are working out of that place um, to bring about a kind of awakening, revival, if you will, here in the Northwest, here in Renton, here in Seattle. I, I really long for that. I don't know if that could happen, um, but I know that God is a God of light and life and resurrection, and, um, and I know he cares about Sunset Community Church and neighborhood. He cares about you individually and your life and your struggles, um, and he cares about what we create and what we make. In fact, uh, God cares so much about what we make that he uses it to speak something deeply about himself to us. Jesus values our creative work so much that he used bread and wine, man-made culinary art, to exemplify how he can sustain and delight us with his eternal life. Um, Yeah, bread doesn't just appear unless it's manna, manna from heaven. Um, But unleavened bread is made by our hands. Uh, Wine is pressed, uh, grapes and all these things. And, and God looked at what we made, and he said, that, uh, I'm going to use that as one of the main symbols for my sustaining life and my joy that I want to fill us up with, my people with. Um, our God is an artist. <laughs> he is the artist. He, um, and, and he wants to speak truth, goodness, and beauty over us, to us, in us, and through us. And um, we're gonna have a time now to partake of the bread and the cup today. And as we do, would you do it with gratitude in your hearts to the Lord? Thank you that you care about what we do with our hands and what we make and create and that you, you value that. Um, if you're struggling with sadness or suffering in some way. Thank him that he knows what it's like to be crushed, um, like grapes and wine coming forth for us. Uh, Thank him that he knows what it's like to be shared and, and broken so that we can have life. So I'm gonna pray for us and Andrew's gonna come in and and lead this moment, but um, let's come to the Lord with these, this yearning, this longing that we have, and say, Lord, you are the one that can fulfill us. Would you pray with me? Lord, um, we are a people of longing. We feel it deeply. We we sometimes don't pay attention to it because we're so distracted. But would you awaken that in us again so that when we come across something good, beautiful, true, lovely, um, that we would be directed to you and say, Lord, my heart is made for you and it's restless until it rests in you. Would you help us to rest in you? Would you fill us even now as we partake of your, uh, of the supper, of the, of the communion table? And thank you, Lord, for valuing what we do and what we make.
and uh, how we can come alongside you, partner with you, and seeing truth, goodness, and beauty flourish in our world. We pray that over here, our church, over Renton, over Seattle, over our country. Use us, God, however you want to use us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.